Petersfield's Shine Radio. Growing Together with Anne-Marie Powell and Claire Dennis. Hello and welcome to Growing Together, the gardening podcast from Petersfield Shine Radio. I'm Claire Venice and I'm with Anne-Marie Powell. Hi Anne-Marie. Hello, it's so good to see you. It's really nice to see you. Oh, and all our lovely listeners as well. Thank you for tuning in. It's really good of you. And I'm so happy to be sitting in the garden once more at your place because it's not raining. There is blue sky. It's warm. I'm wearing a t-shirt. Oh, hasn't it been just such a wet summer, though? It's felt like October, and this is the first day that we've been able to sit outside like this, actually, in weeks. Long time. It's probably been two or three months since we last recorded a growing together outside in the sun. Yeah, but we had fun last time, though, didn't we, up at the Petersfield Community Garden? It was amazing. What a fantastic space. I think it's the energy that's there, actually, and just seeing people come together in that way and that just their well-being benefit that they get from that gorgeous space is very relaxed and laid back and you'd kind of think that Sue just doesn't have to do very much but you know there's loads of energy going in behind the scenes don't we? Yeah absolutely there's a really lovely group of people there who volunteer they must spend hours and hours making that garden and it just it looks like you're right there's no effort put into it at all but um it's such a fantastic space so I um, hope we go back. Go yeah back again. we must we must maybe at harvest time so Good I idea. really fancy some sort of plundering some of their gorgeous veg that they've got growing yeah. there. So, <laughs> <laughs> they did. I was I was eyeing their lettuce actually because it looked amazing. <laughs> Even in all this rain, it hadn't gone soggy or anything like that. Yeah, we can still be sowing lettuce though now, you know. So yeah, good point actually because yeah. although we're we're in August, we can still sow a few bits and bobs, you know, from here on in until it gets really really cold. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, lots of vegetables. Like if you've got tomato seedlings and things like that, it's too late for those to go out to really do anything for you, unless you you love the foliage. You want to have a fertile of that because it does smell good. But yeah, there are things that you can still sow. You know, you could still throw a few radish in actually and, and things like peas you could crop, couldn't you? Just as, as little pea shoots and the like. Mm. And there's loads of things that you can sow for next year as well on the annual side and the biannual kind of side of things. Ah, okay. So, That's a good thing. Yeah, because I think it's a good idea now and blimey, with all this wet, don't we have an awful lot of weed my borders and I haven't been able to get out there because it has been so wet you know I work full-time and getting out here in the evenings has been literally impossible so if you are weeding out why not do it with a kind of packet full of annual seed in your back pocket so you're weeding a little bit of a hoe and then you can sow things like Dorcas you know the wild carrot Queen's Anne's Lace so you get a head start on that just sow it direct and then California poppies, papaver, that would be lovely as well. I mean, I'm growing a gorgeous poppy and there's just a few little flowers still left here. So, and that's called Lauren's grape. And you can sow that direct now too. And it just means that you don't have to do all that faffing around of annual seed trays and all of that sort of thing. Oh, and what about forget-me-not? You could sow that as well at the moment because they're hardy. They'll go through the winter and once the sun comes out and fingers crossed it comes out for a bit longer than it has this year, next year, you know, they'll just have a head start. 
that's really fantastic to hear because I always forget about forget-me-nots and I see them in the spring and the summer I think, oh gosh I'd love that in my in my garden and I, I have a few that sort of self-sown from the year before but it's nothing that I have physically done so um, that's really handy and to that's me. all you're doing is you're just helping you know plants that aren't in your garden self-seed in the easiest of ways so just chuck them around just like the plant would if you had it mm. or if some of your friends have got seeds throw some of those around because that's lovely too isn't it to be reminded of friends and family and it's an easy thing to post isn't it well that's the thing that I was interested in when we went to the community garden last month because they were talking about collecting more seed this year and and that is something I'm determined to do I, I always do it with sweet peas and I've, I've done it with beans actually bolotti beans this year you've got beans on your bolottis mm. I, I haven't got any on mine yet oh have you not I'm oh. super jealous yeah just I soaked the beans because I was a little worried they'd obviously been sitting in a brown paper bag over the winter and I was a bit worried they weren't going to germinate but I soaked them and and they did yeah I was thrilled didn't take too long to germinate at all actually so that's definitely one I'll I'll do again Um, I think I should do a bit more of that as well some things don't come true from seed but sometimes that doesn't matter actually does it and maybe I should collect some seed you know friends have have sent me seed which is so lovely because I know that there's a little part of them growing in my garden and it reminds me of them which is a wonderful things maybe this year I should do the same because it's so easy to do isn't it really is literally snip off the top of any flowers that are going to seed turn them upside down in a brown envelope Bob's your uncle. Keep them somewhere cool and dry. Dark. Easy, isn't Done. it? Yeah, label Done. it up so you don't forget which ones they are. Absolutely. And probably <laughs> the that date before. that you did it as well. Yes. I'm all about putting dates on things because I always forget when I've sewed things and things like that if you don't. Do you know what I've done? I switched last year from using you know, the, the plastic labels to... I used lollipops, wooden lollipops, which are great because they are, they're biodegradable and you're not going to just throw them away. I know exactly what you're going to say. But, yeah, whatever you use, be it pencil or pen, it, it wears off. Whether it's in the rain or you put it in upside down, it just gets a bit soggy. Uh, and then I, just, I still don't know. So I don't, I don't know how you win on that one. Oh, I'm, I'm in exactly the same boat. You can see them here dotted around like wooden kind of labels. And some of the, all my pelargoniums are with the original labels that came from the supplier, from the nursery. But it rubs off, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I see a lot yeah. of people on social media, Instagram and Facebook and the like, they have reusable labels where they're black labels and they write on them in white. But, I, you know, like a, a chalkboard oh, okay. that you might see outside a pub. Yeah. But um, it does seem bothersome. I don't know if I'd be kind of strict with myself to be doing the cleaning. I mean, I always say that as soon as you've used a pot, when you've planted that plant in the ground, wash it immediately. But... I don't take my own advice. I end up with a pile of stuff that needs cleaning and sorting out. That's quite a good job to do in August, actually, because there aren't a huge amount of jobs to do. So if you do find yourself at a loose end, or you could do it in a bikini in a sunny spot, (laughs) if you're brave enough, I don't know if I am, but just to do your garden washing up and sort of sort out things like that for next year. So pots and labels and just making sure you're all organised. Before you know it, we'll be doing that tempestuous kind of quick sow this, plant this, bulbs this, that and the other. So it's quite a good time to kind of take it easy, but also get a bit more organised just with your kit. Do you make sure all your gardening equipment's like your, your spade and <laughs> trowel and not as much as I should <laughs> <Secateurs>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm terrible a bit like you with your pots you know I, I bung a, 
a trowel back in the, in the truck in the garage and I just leave it there and it might have some soil on it. I probably should have cleaned it, but I, I don't. I thought I'm pretty organised with my kit, so I, I don't, I don't thoroughly <laughs> clean it all the time, but I always know where everything is. I mean, it comes out, it goes straight back in again in the same place. Not to the point where I've got nails with that's where the spade goes. You know, you see people who've drawn around the, the fork or whatever oh, yeah. and it's hanging in the garage. Nothing like that. But I know where everything is and I won't ever put something that's muddy. A little bit muddy, maybe, but it's more dust than mud. Mm -hmm. But if it's really muddy, no, I'll never ever put that back because I know that that will come back to bite me if I do yeah, that. Yeah. But my pots, especially, you know, I've grown a lot of things from seed this year. Mostly that's been eaten by the slugs. I've provided them with a gorgeous, glorious supper because with all the rain there's been a lot of slugs so but um yeah and i've been neglectful because the weather has been so bad in kind of tidying up and if you look down there it is all in one spot but it is piled up well, maybe the rain could the rain just wash it yeah that's <laughs> i think I mean, that's wishful thinking that's wishful thinking unfortunately and you should really put a spot of washing up liquid in it just to kind of kill off bacteria really mm. Okay, so and it's bikinis in August. Bikinis in, in August <laughs> with a big plastic truck <laughs> doing the washing up. Sounds so unattractive, doesn't it? <laughs> but it would feel good. I say, yeah. No matter what <laughs> it looks smile. like. See <laughs> your neighbours, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Something to look forward but to. It is kind of pottering weather in the garden in August on the whole, I'd suggest, though. You know, there is still the weeding to do. There's loads of things to tie up, isn't there? Like mm. tie in you know we were just looking at my lovely squash that I'm so excited about so it's just started to get going and I've got some trombuccino courgettes as well in there and butternut that have really hardly got going whatsoever so but I'm hoping that all through August I'll be there with my lovely twine making figure of eights of the wires or on my arches just making sure that everything is intact and growing in the direction that I want to go in. And, and one thing that I do always do actually is whenever I come out into the garden and I have a holster for my um, Hori Hori, which is a brilliant Japanese blade that you can use for digging, for all kinds of things, and also my secateurs so I don't lose them. I always have sort of lengths of about eight inches of twine in my pocket because you'll walk past something and think oh I need to come back to that but you, if you if you've got the twine you need in your pocket you can just do it then and there and things like clematis they grow where they like don't they not where you want them to yep so yep. it's it's a good little tip that to always have a pocket full of pre-cut twine so you're ready to rock okay that's a good thing to have is it, is it honestly every time I come out into the garden it's what I do but I put on my hori hori holster my uh, secateurs holster and just put you know twine in my pocket saves me endless time and wasted time actually going back and forth and back yeah and yeah forth. yeah and where mm. did i put it mm. where's the ball of twine gone now and blah 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 so i just keep it in the same place in the garage and just cut off the lengths i need and then come out because it's easy to lose your kit isn't it in okay. the garden particularly when everything's full and burgeoning and it's about to get even more bloomy <laughs> well i am impressed with your squashes actually because they are growing up your lovely arches and I'm sure they will flourish in the sun in August. And, and uh, there's lovely. enough time. It's yeah. the same with the tomatoes. I can, you can see the tomatoes down there and I've got Borlotti growing too. My peas, I need to get those tied in. So, and I grow them in quite an unconventional way because of space up a tripod. And then my green beans. 
but there's so much weed in my little veg plot down there. So I know what I'm going to be doing this weekend. And it's going to be really satisfying. It's one of those jobs that you kind of think, oh God, I don't want to do that, it's boring. But once you get going, it makes you feel like you've made a good bit of difference in a short space of time. It's rewarding to see the difference, isn't it? And you'll see spaces that you can pop you know, like you said, a few radish seeds and, or maybe a bit of lettuce or something that can yeah. still grow, actually. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Get them grounded. Mm. So for sure, I think. I'm looking forward to, please, and looking at the weather, mm. that we have got those suns all over the weather reports, that we're going to have some more of that. Well, everything needs to ripen. You know, everything needs, it to, needs to come flower. out and ripen. Yeah, I'm worried about it because I have, I have some little tomatoes growing, little cherry tomatoes, but I grew this variety called Indigo Drops. Right. And they sort of go a purple colour and then they'll, they'll have a little bit of red as well, but they're just purple. <laughs> they right. don't look very nice at the moment. Well, it's amazing. Look purple. at mine. I've only just got flour on mine over yeah. there, on my tumbler. So you're ahead of me. Because if you're growing veg outside, if you don't have a greenhouse, then you really are kind of, you know, I thought I was being organised, sowing seeds so early and and perhaps a little bit too early that I made work for myself keeping it inside or in my zip-up kind of greenhouse thingamajig that I've got. But actually, I don't think I've had any advantage of doing it just because of what Mother Earth has decided is our lot. So August, I hope it's really beautifully warm full on and non-stop so but not too hot so everything bolts we're never happy are we no. with the weather? <laughs> can't never ever happy the grass <laughs> genuinely is greener on the other side of the fence isn't it it's very green at the moment <laughs> but your garden does look lovely it does look lovely i mean oh, what, what things have you tried this year that, that's new that you're pleased with is there anything you've had great success with well i really do like the papaver lawrence grape and i would highly recommend that and i'm growing a whole host of dahlias so and i, I haven't grown dahlias really ever before so I've had a few dahlias that um, friends have given me back in my days when I lived in London 20 years ago. But I couldn't tell you which ones they were. And I did have Chat Noir last year and um, Obsidian's Viridian, that's how you say it, last year. That, but I bought them in as sort of already grown plants. But I bought quite a few tubers this year. There's things like Ambition and the like. So they're all in my pots over there and there's some behind me as well here you can see. Mm -hmm. So I've been really good girl pinching out the long shoots so that we get multiple flower heads coming up. And I thought I even managed to keep some of the slugs away from them because the slugs love them, as you probably know. So so I've been nematoding the pots and I also use an organic pellet as well, which is not harmful to slugs, but to birds and pets and some of them are coming through, but they're terribly late. They are. Well, I grew some from seed this year, which I actually didn't oh, know that you over could there. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so mentioned those, it. Yeah, those are my seed ones in that far pot there. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I'm that you did it too. thrilled, absolutely thrilled. Although a couple have, unfortunately, gone by the wayside due to slugs. But there are a number of them that are really healthy looking they haven't flowered yet they will oh, they they will i'm thrilled absolutely thrilled yeah with them. so yeah, i no, will do will. that again yeah no i'm amazed at how much growth they've put on there the mm-hmm. ones from seed and there's some more in the borders and then some sunflowers a lot of the sunflowers have been scoffed we're not alone with that and then i grew some some torias, so black balls which are gorgeous they're the corn flowers oh yes okay. so i've not ever grown those before and they're lovely. They're just starting to pepper in my mini meadow. You can't see them from here, really, because the flowers are so small and the stems are so short. Okay. And that is because of the cold, because it's not just been wet. It's been so cold. 
and then other plants like my grasses have just gone whoosh and are just taking over so no so I have grown an awful lot and I'm excited my sweet peas are finally going into bloom but heavens that's been quite a trial with all the wet and all of the cold just keeping them growing and keeping them growing you put them um, out very early didn't you yeah yeah so yeah they're almost near the top they now. are yeah so that's good but they need a bit of warmth just to kind of start going to plan they're just starting i feed them every week okay. religiously with an organic liquid vegan fertilizer all my worm juice but it's just been washing away so things are looking it's called chlorosis they're looking a little yellow so because their fertilizer levels and their npk nitrogen potassium phosphorus levels are a little bit on the low side so yeah, I'm going to continue to be feeding hard through August and hopefully we can pep things up again. Look at those, the pelagoniums. Barely a flower, huge leaves, just yeah. searching for the light. Yeah. We've just been so overcast for so long. Everything does look very, very green, but there aren't so many flowers. But August, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> now, you have got Chelsea coming yeah. up in September yeah. <laughs> which is odd to say because this is obviously the first and possibly the last time it'll take place in September. How <laughs> plans coming along for that? Well it's been quite difficult because as you know things have been stop start for the last whew, 16, 17 months now it must be so nearly and we were scheduled to do it last year but that was canned and then again in March this year so it's been it's difficult because plant stock numbers are really low all around the country and also with Chelsea I've done it a few times now so you kind of know what blooms are in flower so you know what you know you might ask nurseries to be growing for you in advance or will have you but but this year it's all a bit of an unknown so I've got myself booked in for a little bit of a road trip in August to just go around the supplies that I would use for trade plants and we need a variety of different sizes of plants but pretty much everything else we're ready to, to roll pretty much on there. Okay. So exactly. the build starts on the 3rd of September, actually. And we're up there for, I think it's two and a half weeks, maybe three. And then um, don't ask me what day the show starts. I can't recall. It's about the 23rd, isn't it? 21st, 21st I believe. 21st of September. But what's good about Chelsea this year is there's limited tickets. I believe there are still tickets available. And the numbers are restricted. So that it, what that means is you'll be able to enjoy the show in a way that you've never been able to enjoy before. You feel quite exclusive, I think. And there's also an extra day. So Hampton Court traditionally has a Sunday day for exhibitors and, and obviously for gorgeous people to come and visit. But Chelsea never has. So but this year there's an additional day on the Sunday so that you can go for the sell-off then and buy some of these gorgeous dahlias. I'm sure there will be some growing there. And there's some exciting things as well that I really want to tell you all about, but we're gonna to have to wait for a little bit Ooh. until there's some press releases that are, are launched around Chelsea. It's very exciting. Oh, So yeah. Looking forward so, to that. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be exciting. But yeah, there's more space. So I'm doing the Gaze Burville stand and garden because the space has grown. The Gaze Burville stand is always on Main Avenue and always very floriferous. This year it's going to be more floriferous than ever before. So. <laughs> Quite right. Yeah, right. so I'm very Why excited not? about it. So, yeah. I mean, and actually, hopefully September, with the warm August that we are going to have, there could be some amazing plants that you could showcase that haven't been oh, showcased yeah. before. All the, plants the that, all the plants that you see at September Chelsea will not be the same as you see mm. at, in May. 
almost entirely, apart from some trees. But even the trees that are looking at their best in May, they won't necessarily be looking at their best in September whatsoever. They'll be going, you know, past their best. So it's a whole different plant palette. So that's super exciting for me. But it's also a concern because, as I say, we've never done it before at this time of year. And, and at the moment, we can't ask um, nurseries to contract grow for us for loads of reasons. There isn't the funds available to be putting towards the exhibit. And also, nurseries have been let down so often from taking orders for shows that haven't happened that we can't expect them to do it again really so it's going to be a bit more legwork for me but I know you know who I can rely on and who will help out and help with getting a variety of stock that will hopefully really interest all those gorgeous visitors that will be with us in September so it's exciting it is exciting I just as you were talking about it mm. I could feel the sort of bubble of oh this is going to be something special yeah and the other thing about it actually it's going to be darker earlier so oh, your right, tickets yes. will run through into when it's dark so we've concentrated quite a lot on lighting yes so Ooh, yeah gosh. So, so you're going to see do some, love some garden lighting yeah I mean oh, the wow. thing is at Chelsea it doesn't get dark in May till often half past nine quarter to ten so whereas it'll be getting much darker much earlier so there's going to be some really wonderful new panoramas and beautiful vignettes of gardens as they've never been seen before which is truly exciting so you've got a few lovely little flashes of kind of different things and and tips and tricks on how you can light a garden after dark so oh gosh it's sounding magical yeah no I hope it will be and the garden the whole kind of vibe of the garden is it's rural refined and wild Hampshire because Gays Burble they're in Hampshire so just around the corner in Alton. It's all very much a very local party of people coming together to do the best they can. Apart from the plants, we're going to have to travel a bit further yeah. for them <laughs> this year, really. Yeah. Oh. I will be going to Rosie's, at Rosie and Rob's over at Hardy's Cottage Garden Perennials. They're fantastic. I've worked with them at show before, so very excited about that. Yeah. That's brilliant. I look yeah. forward to hearing more about that. Yeah, I'll <laughs> let you into my secrets soon. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't long ago that you were at Hampton Court. Yes. Yeah, How yeah, was yeah. that? Did you, did you take anything from that? that you oh, yeah, lots. So, yeah, I judge for the RHS, and that's a real privilege and an honour. So I was up there the whole of the weekend before the show looking at garden exhibits, and I judge show this year. And there are lots of different kind of garden categories, show being the sort of the most top-line, headline one, I suppose. And then the second uh, category is global impact gardens. And Hampton Court, unlike Chelsea, is very much governed as a kind of festival. It's a really big site there's lots of space a huge range of different things for people to enjoy always a floral pavilion of course which I adore seeing but we're all wearing masks in the floral pavilion so you didn't have that connectivity that hopefully by September at Chelsea you will be able to have where you can really kind of engage with the growers and the nursery exhibits in there this year there was a lot of good to grow areas and grow your own. There was a huge exhibit that was done by John Wheatley in um, tandem with uh, Charles Dowding and Stephanie Hafferty, who are huge advocates of no dig. And that was a ridiculous exhibit. So just amazing to visit that. And then they also had lots of community groups coming together and exhibiting as community allotmenteers or whatever organisations that they're wanting to do. There was a huge onus on community gardening and what that does for health and wellbeing. And, and it was really interesting coming from our own community garden at Peacefield, you know, just up the road to kind of see their experiences there and then talk to people. I was involved in a, a stage discussion actually about the community, what 
we can do to help, how we can help people sort of promote themselves as community groups and what it does do for your health and well-being. So there is a fantastic chap there called Tation Hayden-Smith and he is a young man who took over, he lives at Grenfell, he took over a space of land there and has been growing with his local community and growing for hope and future and well-being through lockdown and also for recovery over the most impactful, horrendous, difficult uh, thing that any person would want to go through, losing a lot of their friends and family in the Grenfell Tower. So that was really interesting and such an erudite forward-thinking chap, an ex-footballer as well, so doing great good. And then there was Laurie-Anne, um, who is the RHS Fellow of Wellbeing, um, who's been studying at Sheffield University as a landscape architect there. So she's a fellow collecting data on wellbeing and about how people react with certain plants, how it can help with dementia, how it can help youngsters develop speech all kinds of things that you and I take for granted, really. But what that data will be able to do, and they're doing it from the hilltop, which is where we've been fortunate enough to do two and a half acres from the new science building there, is that they're able to collect that data and actually lobby government to allow funds, hopefully one day, to filter into communities so that they're more accessible to people. Because at the moment, what's happening with a lot of community projects, and there was another chap, he was the director of the Community Mind who do lots of uh, community work in Tolworth, and he raised a really interesting point that at the moment, community groups, they're fighting each other for funding. I mean, how, right. how difficult is that if you're fighting against another project for funding about something that is no less worthy than what you're trying to fundraise for yourself? It's, it's really difficult, isn't it? Yeah. So I've been thinking about that quite a lot, actually, this week. I think if people, they see something that they would like to be involved with, we can't do everything. And that's something I struggle with trying to do far too much often. So we can't do everything. But what we can do is sign a petition, send some money if they're funding through websites like GoFundMe, support the bake sale. And then these small little acts, they allow much bigger things to happen. Although we can't all, you know, launch ourselves into doing another big project, we can help in really small ways. And if, if we all do those small things, they amount to huge change for the positive. Have you noticed there's more emphasis on that then? Sounds like there is. Not a surprise, really, given what we've all been yeah. through this past year. I mean, there's been a huge kind of proliferation of new gardeners coming in, and, and that data is being measured by... In my world, there's lots of kind of measurable kind of groups, like the Horticultural Trades Association, who can actually monitor garden centre sales are through the roof, and it's been difficult in COVID for garden centres and nurseries to keep up with demand, with social distancing, you know, propagation plants and things so although although people think oh garden centers have done really well they haven't really in many regards because they haven't been able to get the project to people and it's why there's so much shortages actually is because so many more people want it than ever before I think generally in the industry we realize that you know this is our our time to sing to get more people kind of bring more people into our wonderful world of horticulture and gardening and really I think um most of the organisations, and there are many in horticulture, you know, you want to share what we've had the ability to enjoy for most of our professional lives. 
And gardening is not just about plants. It is plants, people, place, community, well-being, all the things that you mentioned, and environment as well, actually. So we, as gardeners, we have a huge amount of impact against climate change collectively. So, you know, we really are changing the world one plant at a time. One wooden lollipop stick. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's true. And all these small things... You know, they, they make for change, yeah. social and global and climate change too, so in a positive way. Blimey, that was quite deep, Claire. Yeah, it was, Anne-Marie, but how wonderful to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good, but I mean, it must have been wonderful to, to go back to being in a gardening yeah, festival it was wonderful. It really was wonderful, and, and to see people again in that regard was wonderful, and meet new friends so that I feel like I've known for ages through social media channels, like My Real Garden on Instagram that I've been doing for 16, 17 months now. And you're still doing that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still do Mm. it. It still motivates me. There are people that I haven't met, but the community that we have there is virtual, but really real. And I have a huge amount of regard for people in that, that community. I want to do all I can for them because they do so much for me. It's important to me. <laughs> well, here's hoping that the sun shines in August and we're able to get out and clean our pots in our bikinis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think swimsuits are allowed okay, as well. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a wetsuit if it's raining. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah get yeah, out yeah. there and clean your pots. <laughs> no, sunscreen on, obviously. I hope that August shines on all of us, don't you? Mm, absolutely. Well, great to talk to you, Anne-Marie, and so looking forward to hearing some more little secrets from your upcoming Chelsea Garden. Talk to you next month. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Together with Anne-Marie and Claire. New every month and only from Petersfield's Shine Radio. Rise and shine with Petersfield's Shine Radio. Rise and shine. shine. Whatever local information comes in, you'll be the very first to know. You'll feel those ribs expand and okay, I'm doing it I'm doing are it are you doing it <laughs> yeah. oh, welcome back to Rise and Shine you're with Alan Cross this morning what could be better good morning it's good to be with you I'm Harrison RB it's the brighter way to start your day in the Petersphere as long as you're breathing <laughs> you're doing okay <laughs> I'm so, with you Vicky Rise and Shine weekday mornings from 6 with Petersfield's Shine Radio I think that's lovely <laughs>